To have an idea, you have to actually know what the steps are to put that idea into practice. The way you're teaching creativity, it's really closely linked to. Hello, my name is Craig Barnes, president of Princeton Theological Seminary, and welcome to another edition of Conversations. Today, my guest is the Reverend Dr. Kenda Dean, who is our professor of youth, church, and culture. I've asked Tenda to join us today because of her interest in social entrepreneurship. She teaches courses on that, and she has engaged a lot of creativity around this theme on our campus. Kenda, start us off by just explaining what this is. What, what do we mean when we say social entrepreneurship? Yes, well, social entrepreneurship is kind of a way of understanding the entrepreneurial enterprise as being something that's about more than just making money. Um, it's about doing, uh, making a social impact. Sometimes it's called impact entrepreneurship, way of making a difference in the community um, for the good of people as well as for the good of profit. Um, the way churches have gotten interested in it has to do with mission a lot of the time. Um, sometimes it's a way of helping make mission more sustainable. Sometimes it's a way of churches understanding themselves as being more financially sustainable themselves as congregations, but a lot of times it has to do with how they're making an impact in the community in a way that is not going to be a drain on the community, mm -hmm. um, in a way that's not going to be a drain on the budget. Um, it's, it's a way of helping bring, um, at, be an asset to the community uh, and not just a financial burden on the community. So it's a new way of thinking about both the financial model of ministry and a way of thinking about the impact you make in the community too. It seems to me as I've watched some of these classes and some of your activities on campus unfold that you're, in a way you're teaching creativity. I mean, it's really closely linked to innovation, yeah. yeah. Innovation. Yeah. Um, tell us about some of the, the programs that I, I've seen you uh, lead. You have, uh, you have shark tanks and hatchathons. <laughs> What's going on with those? Well, uh, sometimes we just borrow them for the, um, for the fun of it to be able to kind of borrow some of the energy that comes from that. But um, when we, we closed one of our uh, classes with a shark tank in order to try to get some of the energy that was around the TV show um, for presenting an idea and also to be able to get students to be able to have a concise way of presenting mm -hmm. um, an idea in a way that was actionable, right? So that it wasn't just kind of a vague idea, that they actually had an action plan to be able to put their ministry into practice. And that included uh, a financial plan that went with that, as well as certain steps that they had to take and actually to implement the ministry, as well as just to think about sort of the, the general principles that the mission had. Um, they also were able to figure out what they had to, you know, implement monetarily in terms of getting the ministry off the ground. So that's where the Shark Tank came from. The Hatchathons are helping students walk through step by step by step what it takes to actually go from concept to implementation. So if you, it's not enough to have an idea, you have to actually know what the steps are to put that idea into practice. And that includes everything from what the theological grounding of that idea is to what the mission looks like on the ground to what it looks like to actually implement that idea step by step by step all the way through the, um, you know, getting it to happen in the 
context right. of a congregation. Give us a couple of illustrations of some of these projects. Um, well, the uh, some of the things that came out of the Shark Tank last year were we had one group that was really thinking in terms of macro um, economics, and they had a, a great plan to try to um, solve some of the uh, uh, problems that have to do with payday loans, taking advantage of people. And so they wanted to help coach people on how to work with their money more um, more efficiently and also, you know, not taking advantage of people, being able to use congregations as places that would help people have um, better uh, resources to work with their money. And congregations would help folks who were in financial difficulty mm -hmm. um, you know, get better financial advice. Um, then we that went all the way to uh, an after-school program um, that was being offered here at the seminary. That was another way that people were helping to, in the community that was here at the seminary. They wanted to provide right. after-school um, help with um, kids that were here. So it runs the gamut. Uh, they were, and uh, I... I remember standing in line at a food truck for one of your students. <laughs> yeah, we put had. Together. Tell us about that. A couple years ago, we had um, a student who um, actually was part of the congregation that I attend. Who um, part of her dream was to work with. Um, she took some of the skills that she had learned working at Starbucks and put them to use, taking, um, putting a food truck at work to bring Christian community to campus communities and employ students and young adults to work with young adults on campuses, but also to take some of those young adults to homeless shelters to serve them as well. Mm -hmm. And um, together they provided a food truck with uh, actually great egg sandwiches and donut holes. So that's now a thing that's around campus and around the community here in the Princeton area. But as so, a new means of evangelism. It's kind of an, a front door evangelism right. for students that don't have much contact with, with churches, right. yeah. Fantastic. Now, you, you have uh, tons of theological training. Uh, how, what is it that theology <laughs> does to add to the, the, the pursuit of innovation? Well, what I love about it is that it, I feel like it sort of gets us back to where the church began in some ways. I'm, I think it's not a hard sell to say that in the, at the very beginning, the very first followers of Jesus were a pretty entrepreneurial lot. I mean, they had to take this right. religious message and kind of retool it in new ways to make it reflect this life-giving gospel that they saw being reflected in the life of Jesus. And I mean, I think it's fascinating that in the Middle Ages, the, the most creative people in town were the folks, the monasteries and the convents. I mean, they were often the only people who could read and write. And if you were a young person who wanted to buck social norms in the Middle Ages, and if you wanted to do something with art or education, you, if you wanted to invent things, you know, you didn't dream of working for Tom's Shoes, you dreamed of working with the church. Right. And, you know, what happened, right? So, right. Um, that's so this is in our of, DNA, but we ignored it. We sort it. of forgot it, right? Yeah, right. So right. I love the idea of getting back to that. More than once I've heard you use a phrase that I had to write down because it's, 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 um, well, it deserves to be quoted exactly right. Um, orbiting the giant hairball. Yeah, it's not my phrase. It's, What's that? Um, it's, it's, there's a book called Orbiting the Giant Hairball, ah. which um, was um, written um, a couple decades ago by a guy who worked for Hallmark who um, was one of their creative consultants. And the hairball is the institution which has gotten layered and layered and layered with, you know, bureaucracy and 
things that kind of get in the way of seeing the um, purpose and the, the hairball becomes kind of this gravitational pull in and of itself. And the idea is for, for creative energy to actually be free to work, you need to be orbiting that hairball. You have to be close enough that the gravitational pull exert, it has some bearing right. on the hairball, right? But you gotta be far enough away from it that you're free enough to move around it. Mm-hmm. If you can't get too far away from it or you go off into outer space and it has no bearing on reality. But you can't be so close that you get sucked into the middle of it. Where I would critique that image is that I think it's fair to I think Jesus actually didn't orbit it. Jesus went right into the middle of the yeah, hairball right. and kind of blew it up. So in some ways, I think the church is called to actually enter into the hairball with a kind of power that exceeds, you know, simply institutional management or institutional, um, this institutional dance that we do. I think that there's more grace that we can call upon as the church than you can in just organizational management. Um, and that surprises us, right, in ways that innovation somehow captures. You know, there's more to it than just what we bring to the table. Well, and this is going to be the challenge for anybody who leaves seminary to enter either the church or some kind of nonprofit work. They leave here with so much um, passion and vision and, and ideas, yeah. and then they hit this hairball called the institutional church. Right. It <laughs> has a, a book of order or right. uh, policies or procedures, and no, no, we don't do it that yeah. way here. Um, and so the, the challenge is to not only teach them the creativity, but to teach them how to be effective in right. institutional structures, right. I would think. Yeah, and, and, to, um, and to give them some bounce, right? Right. So that when they hit the wall, they've got enough, um, they've got enough bounce that instead of shattering, they, they, they bounce back. And I think if you have that kind of resilience, um, that becomes kind of an energizing thing rather than a shattering experience. Right. So that you keep, you, you don't necessarily go back in the same way, but you, you don't give up either. You know, there's, there's a certain kind of, um, you don't come back for more just to abuse yourself, right? But you don't give up just because you've been told no before. You know, there's a chance that you go back, you regroup, you get more resources right. in new ways, you bring it back together in new innovative forms, and you try again. That's that's part of the innovative Yeah, challenge. if the front door doesn't work, you try a window or the yeah, chimney. Yeah, right, there's or lots there's, of ways there's in the a way room. In, right, right. right. Yeah. yeah, right. Well, and I've worked with you enough uh, to know that you do that. You're very good at that. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I meant it in the most yeah. positive yeah, sense. Yeah. I mean, you, you really have a passion for your dreams, and you don't, you don't, uh, you don't ignore the institutional realities, but uh, neither do you find yourself captured by them. So, um, tell us something that you you, you dream about. You, uh, what would you like? What would you like to do next? Particularly in this area of entrepreneurship. What, if only the funds were there and the time was there, uh, where would you like to take this? Well, I'm as you as you know, right? I think that there's a real challenge for us to figure out the kind as as the church evolves into these kind of new and experimental ways of being in communities, kind of in ways we haven't thought of yet. You know, some some churches look are going to continue to look very traditional, and other churches are going to continue to try to be in communities in ways we are still trying to figure out what that looks like, trying new models, trying new ways of being with people that may or may not look 
traditional or may or may not look like the church. We don't know what leaders look like for those yet. Mm-hmm. You know, so we've got to figure out ways to prepare folks to be in leadership in Christian communities that may or may not look like congregations as we know them now. And I think that's going to take a lot of small experiments. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, so what does it look like to be a Christian leader that doesn't go into a community that looks like something that we expect, but is willing to experiment with lots and lots of kinds of Christian communities and try things and then bounce back and try something else and bounce back. And um, I think that's a slightly different skill set than what we're really prepared for right now. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. One of the things I love about working with you is that you, you totally get this. We, we have to experiment. Um, and we're not going to be able to move ahead if, without experimentation. Yeah. And not all these experiments are going to work. Right. Yeah. So one of the things I said when I came here as president is, well, let's just try it. If it doesn't work, yeah. we'll stop doing it. Yeah. And people were like, well, what if it fails? I said, well, some of this should fail. I mean, shame yeah. on us if we don't fail at some things. It means one we of, weren't trying enough. One of the, <laughs> the best, I, I, I took it as a compliment that came from kind of a conversation about one of these entrepreneur classes was that um, a student said, in this class, I learned how to fail. There and I was like, wow, I, I think that's okay, <laughs> you know, because I didn't th- think about it until they said that, that, you know, we often, you know, we're so busy helping people succeed because, of course, we want people to succeed. But honestly, in this culture and in this, we're in an entrepreneurial moment in the church, but also in our culture at large. And we have to learn how to fail well because failure is how you learn, you know. Right. It's, and so it's the pivot moment that counts. Sure. And sure. I think that's a learning skill that yeah. is what we're about. If you keep your eye on the end and the goal, and this means failed, that's not all bad. It just means right. you know that's, that's not the right way to do it. So you yeah. learned, as yeah. you said, so we're going to try a different tactic yeah. this time. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's how I think we, we have to continue to try to instill the freedom to be innovative without, yeah. without worrying about the fact that some of these ideas aren't, aren't going yeah. to work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Dr. Dean, thank you so much for being with me today. I really appreciate it. We learned a lot. <laughs> We look forward to seeing you again for another edition of Conversations.